Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foot. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home. For the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros, you can watch us on the Simulcast Stadium 32.3 on at 133 on LUS Fiber on this glorious Friday morning. I, I say glorious because the Astros won a game. Uh, we know one thing. They didn't play the Oakland A's last night. They, they can't beat the Oakland A's. I mean, Tony Kemp might as well be Tony Gwynn of lately of late against the Astros, absolutely unbelievable. But, uh, you know, as they say, that's baseball. The game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. I noticed of late, I don't know if y'all have noticed it, not every time, but most of the time, it's only happened three or four times this year, and it seemed at least three of them, if not all four, I kind of get on, I kind of start to lose patience with Alex Bregman. He kind of comes through. The overall battle has not been won on Alex. Last night was, look, tremendous. He had a two-run homer. He had the game-winning double off the wall in the eighth. Drove in all three runs. That's what you want from a cleanup hitter. You know, a lot of times he's hitting third or fourth in the lineup. That's what you want. I um personally I would drop him in the lineup or move him up to the two hole. That's me. I would hit him second. Uh except for man, he loves double plays. But I catch just loves hitting it to double plays. But last night was tremendous. I, I love the fact that he responded. Uh and it was, you know, it was it was it was needed. It would have been a really bad morning had the Astros lost again. You got to like their chances to pitch tonight. Verlander's on the hill. And, of course, you can hear that game right right here, about 7-10 first pitch, um, right here on the game, 103.7 Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles. But as I said, the, um, the battle is not over for Alex Bregman. Folks, it is, it is unbelievable in a lot of ways – to explain Bregman's season. For instance, he he had three RBIs last night, which is great. Um the 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 uh, he pitched against a very good starting pitcher, got a two-run homer. Then in the 8th inning, he's pitching he's hitting against Munoz relief pitcher who might throw hard well so well he did he th- he he averages 100 miles an hour this guy has hit 103 this season on the clock on paper he's the hardest thrower in major league baseball you just don't ever see 102 103 but this guy's hit that it's the hardest thrower in Major League Baseball. Hasn't allowed a run in 19 innings until last night. And Bregman, 
hits a hits an RBI double off of him to end that streak. Now it wasn't against the fastball, which is if I'm a Mariner, you're like, eh, what's the deal with that? But the truth of the matter is that Bregman hitting right-handers this year hadn't really been the problem. I mean, he's only hitting 275 against him. It's not like he's crushing him. But uh, he's got 12 of his 13 homers against right-handed pitchers. He's got a, a slugging percentage of 500 and OPS of 882 against right-handed pitchers. His on-base percentage is 382. All of those are good numbers. The problem is he's a right-handed hitter. And if he's doing all that against right-handers, guess what he's doing against left-handed pitching? Nothing. How can you be a right-handed hitter? You can't hit left-handed pitching. He's hitting 183 for the season against left-handed pitching. His on-base percentage is 290. His slugging is 286. I mean, how is that even possible? He has one home run. He has seven ribs. He has 52 ribs on the season. 45 of them are against right-handers as a right-handed hitter. And seven ribs against left-handers. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. His OPS is 300 points lower against left-handed pitching than it is right-handed pitching. That's just, it's just mind-boggling. How can you be a right, a, a so-say good right-handed hitter and you absolutely look like, hit like a pitcher does against left-hand, left-handed pitching? It's got to stop. I mean, it's got to stop. I, I, that just doesn't make any sense. Obviously, he's never been this bad against left-handed pitching in his career. Some, something's got to give. That, I mean, that's just remarkable that you could be that bad against left-handed pitching as a right-handed hitter. Unbelievable. Needs to change real quick. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Um, I'm hearing you talking about Bregman. And, uh, this year, I'm kind of casually watching baseball. I'm keeping up, but uh, you know, it's hard to watch it. Uh, we don't have TV. Well, I have a TV, but anyway. Um, Cody Bellinger, what happened to him? Like, could you explain that? Like, this is well, from he, he, he has one of those new school, new wave, uppercut swings. And him and uh, what's his name? I always forget his stupid name. The 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 uh, he was a slugger a few years for the or for the Brewers. He started his career with the Marlins. Now he's with the Brewers. Christian Yelich, and they were both kind of MVP candidates a couple years. They both have that. Well, Yelich did win an MVP. Right. They they both have that new school uppercut swing. Same one that Icky has for the Astros. Tucker. Uh, they 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 have that that new school uppercut swing, and I think he's just it's just got flaws in it for him, and he and he he struggles against left-handers, and he's not the only left-handed hitter struggle against left-handers, but he has a lot of flaws in his swing, which is why I call him a punk because when you know he was one of the ones that just really got after the Astros, but he hit like oh seventy or something in that World Series. Don't talk to me about stealing signs when when you can't hit any anything. So 
No, I think it's that uppercut swing, which scares me about Icky that he might hit a wall with that uppercut swing like Yellich and Bellinger have. Well, our uh, Bellinger situation is due to uh, shoulder uh, injuries. Well, it's possible he's had some injuries. I, I just think he's got serious but, hey, but that's crazy. It's almost like, I guess in a sense, like Ryan Howard in a sense. Right? Um, he had trouble at one point where he couldn't hit against um, – Left-handers, huh? No? Yeah, but again, that's not a new thing. You know, left-handers struggling against left-handed. Most left-handed hitters struggle against left-handed pitching. But but most right-handed pitchers hit left-handers better than right-handers. I I don't know. This is these numbers are bizarrely uh, you know polar opposites. It's I I don't I don't even know if this is possible for him to hit this bad against left-handers. I understand the importance of uh, an on-base percentage, right? Like, that's very important. I understand that, you know, let's try to get on base. But when I saw a stat line, like a uh, hitter, I think Stanton, like hitting 220, I could be wrong. Like, I thought I saw it. Like, I just get tired of seeing hitters hitting 220 with, 30, you know, 28 home runs and RBIs, like 210, like that. Like, like, think about this, man. See, that's why I knew something was up with baseball when I was a kid. Like you had hitters in the eighties hitting like two eighty, two ninety, you know, a power hitter could have thirty home runs, but two sixty. Like that was considered you know, he a power hitter. He just trying to go up there. Yeah. And, and that was respected. But then in the nineties, that same hitter, almost similar hitter, hitting three ten, three twenty. <laughs> you know, like what you you ever notice that how that happened? No, like, it's yeah, true. Because like, I, I was speaking to someone the other day who brought a relative who doesn't really follow baseball real closely. Uh, anymore and they went to a game and they were looking at all the batting averages and they're like man nobody on this team can hit because they're all hitting 220 210 like you're saying and so no it's it's very different and that's why it's a treasure to watch El Perro Gande he's been hitting over 300 all year long with all the with leading the league in in OPS and and, and walking a ton and not striking out a bunch Uh, it's tremendous I mean he's have there's no question he's having the best year at the plate of any hitter in baseball but but no, there's a. It's the new way of doing things. It's the new way of thinking. Stri- striking out is not bad. Hitting home runs is good. But another situation, you know, <clears throat> I'd rather a man strike out with a, with a man on first than him, you know, grounding to a double play or the possibility. Absolutely, yes. Of grounding to a double play, yes. But like I said, just I like to me, it was it was, it was like when you look at like the, some of the all time strikeout leaders as a, when I was a kid. You know, people like Reggie Jackson. Um, Bobby Bonds, like you see some of the numbers yes. Rob Deere, like there was some people who used to strike out a lot, it was you know, Rob Deere, like Rob Deere would, they would cherish Rob Deere in this game. Oh, absolutely. The Rob Deere, you know, Dave Kingman was like this, you know, totally unique player in the 70s and they're Dave Kingman's all over this league right now, absolutely. Eugenio Suarez plays for the Mariners He's already up to he I think he has like 146 147. He's somewhere between 145 strikeouts and 150 strikeouts already. We're not even in August yet. How many plate appearances? Uh, I'd have to look it up, but he's been playing all year. Like uh, I said, man, I'm off. Right, <laughs> uh, but you know, eventually I get back to it, but I'm, I'm off. I'm I miss that, man. So I'm um I'm off. But look, hey, thank you. It was nice talking to you. Have a good one. You too. Thanks for the call. Okay, let's see if I can look it up real quick. Eugenio Suarez, he's got 
Uh, he's played in 99 games, 421 plate appearances, 363 at-bats. No, I was off. He struck out 135. I thought it was 145, 146. But he still, he struck out 135 times. He only struck out 171 last year. This year, he's already struck out 135 times. We're not quite in August yet. He leads the league in strikeouts. 135 strikeouts, and we're not in August yet. His career high was 189 three years ago. I think he's going to get, he's going to surpass that. I think he's going to surpass 189 strikeouts. But yeah, Rob Deers, Dave Kingman's of the world, that they, they would be right. You know, they, that's what they were doing all those years ago. And that, you know, they, they, that's kind of the way it is today. Now the pitchers have something to do with that. You know, every, you know, Jules and I on the air and on Facebook, we have these argue arguments and debates about the way the game is played. One of the things I think that they think that I prefer the game played this way to the way it was years ago, that's not the case. If you listen to me, I hate when pitchers are at 100 pitches in the fifth inning. Uh, that drives me bonkers. I hate five-inning pitchers. So it's not that I prefer the game now the, the way it was then in, at different times earlier, especially when I was a kid. It's that what I don't what – what, what does bug me is when you know, people don't tell the whole story. Oh, the pitchers back then were great, and now they're – I mean, the hitters back then were great. Everything was great back then, and everything now is terrible because – the flip side of all of this is a lot of those hitters in the 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s, they weren't facing relief pitchers who were specialized to get you out in the 7th, 8th, and ninth inning. A lot of times they were hitting tired starting pitchers in the 7th and 8th inning. And they weren't facing fresh um, relief pitchers who never pitch more than two days in a row, that most people do it that way now, who are throwing 99 to 100 with a smaller strike zone. So it's, um, you know, back, it's, it, 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 there, there are give and takes in every era. And, and I think there's just, you know, for instance, I, I, I love, well, I don't love it. It, 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 kind of bugs me like we love playing up Bob Gibson and all these pitchers of this it was easier to pitch in the 60s than it is now that's why they lowered the mound so we we, we don't like we don't like playing up <clears throat> hitters in the so say steroid era but we love playing up pitchers in with you know their steroids and pitchers were on steroids too by the way in the steroid era many of them were but we love playing up the pitchers when they had all the advantage. Their steroid was the mound and the way the game was played. And in that, everything is cyclical in the sport of baseball. And it's just the bozos like Bob Costas. They don't get that. That's why I used to like Bob Costas. Now, if I see him, I turn it. 
if ever, whenever I get a chance to do so. All right, let's take a timeout. But Bregman's got to fix this. I, I don't – I mean, this just kind of – these kind of splits kind of came out of the blue this season. It's got to be something in the swing. I'm not I'm not enough to – smart enough to, to tell you what it is. But somebody should be smart enough to fix it. This has got to stop with Bregman. Got to stop. He's got to be able to hit left-handed pitching. I mean, that's just ridiculous. I mean, uh, what, what good does it do to hit him in the middle of El Perro and, and Ick, two left-handed hitters? What good does it do to break it up with a right-handed hitter when he can't hit left-handed pitching? They need to put that cat in the two-hole. They need to get him out of the four-hole if he can't hit left-handed pitching. What good is that? The reason why you put someone in between two left-handed hitters is, is so you don't put a real tough left-hander and you theoretically you get two outs. Those two guys hit left-handed pitching better than Bregman does. Dustin needs to change that. I know they don't want to change things because they got egos involved here with guys who have a track record, but it doesn't make any sense. doesn't make any sense. Bregman's got to figure that out. But thank you for... Three RBIs against righty pitchers last night. The truth of the matter is you typically face more righties than lefties. All right. We will take a timeout, come back, shift gears a little bit. We'll talk a little bit more baseball, but there's plenty of football to talk as well. We'll be back on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. The cheaters. Cheaters. The famed hated rival that beat the New Orleans Saints and others so many times in the 80s and 90s by cheating. Also known as the San Francisco 49ers. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. If you could give me an explanation as to why Alex Bregman all of a sudden this year cannot hit left-handed pitches, you may be right, as that last song told us. Want to remind you, Astros get away four if you would like to win four tickets to see the Astros play the Orioles. Saturday, August the 27th, register in the game clubhouse. You could win four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations. For that Saturday evening, Astro Weekend Getaways powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian, Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Tomorrow night, the winner, I forget the gentleman's name, I remember hearing the commercial, who won Astro Getaway 3 will, will be able to you know, reap the rewards of winning that prize. That game is tomorrow night against Seattle that we talked about for several weeks. And we'll see what happens in that game. Last time was the first time, first game in 16 games. I think, I think I I heard that right. Julio Rodriguez, the, the, the Mariners had won the last 15 games that Julio Rodriguez played until last night. So I can't, He's pretty good. Um, 
before we get to some football, there's some baseball trade talk. The Reds traded Tyler Nockan to the in a relief pitcher named Deal to the Mets. Um, the you know again he doesn't pronounce his name Nockan, but these people that don't know how to pronounce their names, I just try to help them out. It's not my fault they don't know how to pronounce their names. I mean, I, I just try to help them out and say it the right way. Nockan's a pretty good player. He had a nice, pretty nice season last year and this year. Gives him some outfield depth, and and and, and the Mets need that. If I'm the Mets, I still try to get another seventh or eighth inning pitcher. Because, like, their closer, Diaz, has just been unbelievable this season. So if you have that, you need to make that bullpen a strength. And if I was him, I'd go get another – I would go get another relief pitcher, but we'll see what they do. Speaking of other rumors, Buster Olney, who I used to like, and then in the pandemic season – he was one of these, oh, we're never going to play baseball again. The sport is over. And I just like, I got I got tired of hearing all that. It was just no chance. He said they had, he gave Major League Baseball zero chance of having a postseason in 2020. Zero. Now, again, if he just said, I give it only a 5 to 10% chance, I don't like it. I'd say, um, I don't agree with you, Bozo. But, okay, I understand things aren't looking good. He gave it a 0% chance. Well, all I know is I, 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 I had a lot of fun crushing the A's and to get in, in the ALDS in that playoff series. I, you know, I, I had a lot of fun. I don't know what he was. Uh, I mean, I even had some fun against the Rays. It didn't look good for a while. It ended up losing in Game 7 in the ALCS. But, you know, Correa hit a walk-off. That was fun. That's a nice memory to have. Cat said 0%. But anyway, Buster Olney is claiming through whatever sources he's talking to that the Padres have the best chance of landing Juan Soto. So let's just say that's true. I don't know if it's true. I wouldn't have I don't have any issues with the Padres. So I I I I'd be just as good. It's in the National League. It's not the punks. Uh, it's not, you know, the Mets or the Braves. I got no, I got no issues with the, um, with the Padres. So can you imagine if that's true, if they can stay healthy, which, you know, that's a huge if having that, those sluggers in the middle of the lineup, is it is it even you know talking about Machado? It's just unbelievable. Soto, the little shoulder shortstop who never plays. Uh, Tatis, uh, you know, but if Tatis does come back, and there are people that believe he's going to come back soon, can you imagine having? I don't know how they would three, four, five it. I mean, I would put Soto. I would I would think Soto three. Uh, Tatis four and Machado five. I would guess that man, because Cronenworth is good. I mean, they got a couple other good hitters on that team too, but that would be if if it stays healthy. Wow, wow, the middle of that order. Wow, uh, just something to keep in mind. Uh, Otani, 
Went 0 for 4 last night and got outpitched by Spencer Howard. But, of course, you know, that's all everyone wants to talk about. The guy went 0 for 4 and got outpitched by Spencer Howard. But um, there's some talk that maybe he's going to get traded. The, the Angels are in trouble. They should have traded Mike Trout. Now he's more injured than he ever was, apparently. He's got more flaws in his swing than he ever had. And they spent all this money on Otani. They need to trade. They need to trade both of them. The problem is trading Trout, that they might, they won't get what they could have got for him a year or two ago. They should have traded Trout. They should have. They should have traded him. Um, I don't know how much they'll get for him now for for what he is. Um, you know, depending on how this back injury happens. But if they were smart, they would trade Otani. The only reason to keep Otani is that he sells tickets. Really, that's the only reason. It's the only reason to keep him. He's not, he's not helping you. How is he helping you? They might finish last. They didn't make the playoffs last year with him. Didn't come close. They ain't going to come close to making the playoffs this year. So how is he helping you other than he sells tickets? I mean, that that's not. I, I, if I'm a French, if I'm a fan, I want my team to win. I don't care about little sideshows getting out pitched by Spencer Howard. I don't care about that. I care about winning. So, but can you imagine if they? Can you imagine if they trade Otani to the Yankees and this cat's in New York City? The the national media they they. They will immediately proclaim this the greatest team of all time. That's what they will do. It would be the greatest team of all time. No, nobody would have a chance of beating that team in the postseason. No one. Unbelievable. It'd be unbelievable if they did. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Morning, foot. Good morning, sir. You know, I think your team, uh. your team, Martin, is the most interesting team to me. And this whole, it's because if you do nothing, do you do you think the Red Sox are going to do nothing? Probably so. I mean, when they really need to do something, they don't, and when they really don't need to do something, they do something. Well, again, do you uh, want to give up a bunch of prospects right now? If you're not, if you're, you know, do do, do you realistically think that you can make the playoffs right now with all your injured pitchers? No, and then the way our 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 uh. Our fielders are uh, fielding balls. I mean, we have. I mean, we in last place right now. Last place. That means we behind the Orioles, the cookies, like I call them. I mean, our season's done with. I, I, I gave up all hope. I'm, I'm, I'm done. Always next year. Trade the whole team away if you want. I mean, I mean, like, like I said this morning, I'm still upset that they traded uh, Mookie Betts a few years ago to the. Or let them walk, whatever which one it was. Yeah. Uh, no, they got but, they uh, got they got Verdugo for him in that deal. But yeah, um, they traded him. But, but I I don't know uh, how wise it would be because I don't know if it's fixable. And the, the problem, I mean, it might be fixable, but then you give up too many prospects to get to that point, and then what does your future look like? Especially if you never re-signed Bogarts and JD Martinez leaves in a couple of years. And oh, it's fixable. It's called getting rid of Alex Cora. 
that's 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 how you fix that. Because the man don't show no 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 enthusiasm and nothing. He just sits there and and and, and chomps on his darn sun, sunflower seeds and talks Spanish like Jules says. But well, anyway, I don't. I, I think uh, you got bigger problems than him. But you may be right. Uh, so, uh, I've been watching kind of that little docu series uh, on uh, Derek Jeter that on ESPN. Now I, I I I finally know why you hate Phil Nevin so much. Oh, that guy! Because uh, I think it was the '94 draft that Derek Jeter got drafted. The Astros had the number one pick in that draft, and who did they go out and select over Derek Jeter? Phil Nevin. Phil Nevin. Phil, Phil Nevin. Nevin. Now the 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 amount of players. I mean the the players. I, I recognized a few of the names like uh. Like Phil Nevin and then Paul Shuey, I remember that guy. He got picked before him, uh, and then they had one guy that played. Uh, I want to say he played at one time. He played for the Angels. I can't remember the guy's name, but I do remember his name, uh, I, if you would say it. Uh, but yeah, Derek Jeter ended up going, uh, I think five or six to the Yankees that year, and uh, it's a pretty good series. I mean, even though it's about a Yankee. You know, and I do stress that it was the only thing on TV. That's why I am watching it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the Astros were crazy that year to pass up on Derek Jeter. I mean, he could have had an Hall of Fame career in, uh, in, in right there in Houston. But uh, with the killer bees and all that kind of stuff. But, but yeah, I, was, I seen that the other day. I was like, man, now I understand why Kevin Foote hates Phil Nevin so much because the Astros picked him over Derek Jeter. That don't make no sense. Okay, here, but anyway, okay. Uh, here, here, to your point, here's what I, Nevin was the number one pick. Paul Shuey was number two. B.J. Wallace was number three. Jeffrey Hammonds, who had an okay career out of Stunford. That's uh, who I was thinking. Yeah, of. Jeffrey yeah, Hammonds yeah. was yeah. the four pick. Chad Matola, who who uh, back Chad Matola was from Central Florida. Back then, they were in the Cajuns Conference. And uh, Cajuns beat them in the in the finals of the um, what would that have been? I guess that was the Sun Belt, uh, the first year of the Sun Belt to move on to um, to a regional. And Derek Jeter was the sixth pick. The sixth. Now yeah. that guy you were just talking, that's who the Reds had drafted, right? The Reds drafted Chad Matola. Yes, yes. Okay, yeah, that's man. That was back in the days, and where the major league draft wasn't even televised. They just called in their picks, and, uh, I mean, it wasn't even that big of a deal, you know. But, uh, yeah, it's a pretty interesting little docu-series. But uh only part I haven't liked about it so far is uh, I had to go and show my most hated Yankee of all time, and that's Paul O'Neill. Couldn't stand Paul O'Neill, man. There's just something about that guy. Uh, he had an ugly swing, an uppercut swing, like you said. Uh, but uh, I was I had forgot that and year that they had made the wild-card game. And they lost to the Mar- Lu- the Lupinellas. The Lupa, I remember that. Yeah. That's when the Mariners played in the uh, in the Kingdom or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, uh, that's all I wanted to touch on. Uh, all right. But, uh, I appreciate the call. Maybe, hopefully, my Red Sox will pick up uh, Juan Soto, but I doubt it. Don't, but, uh, have um, a good weekend, buddy. All right. Just be nice at Astros next week. By the way, also in that 1992 draft, in the first round, the 20th overall selection was – Benji Grigsby, Lafayette High School. Um, All right, let's do this. We'll take a timeout, come back. 
shift gears to a little football talk. Again, open phone lines for two hours today as we um, go into, is this the last weekend without NFL football? Because by the, the next week, I think we will have played an NFL preseason game by the following weekend, I'm pretty sure. To look that up, but I'm pretty sure this might be the last weekend without NFL football for for a long time. Some form of NFL football, anyway. Take a timeout. We'll come back on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles is your home for the Houston Astros. Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, and the rest of the Astros are looking to get back to the World Series. You can listen at every pitch, hit, and thrilling victory as Robert Ford and Steve Sparks will be on the call. Tune in all season long for Astros baseball right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Do your loved ones run for cover when watching a game with you? Then Footnotes is the show for you. Time for more Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Want to remind you, the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, would love for you to win a brand-new Apple Watch. And the way to do it is to join the brand-new text club by texting GAME to 283-18100. Text GAME to 283-8100. Once you do that, you're eligible to win an Apple Watch as well as all kind of other prizes, including Astro tickets. It's the Game Text Club. Find out more at 1037thegame.com and 1041thegame.com today. All right, one more thing on baseball before we get to some football issues. The Yankees won last night. one nothing on a home run in the bottom of the ninth by Aaron Judge. You watch the pitch, and it's like it's like Barlow, the closer for the Royals, put it on a tee. So I have a couple thoughts on that. <clears throat> One is, how can you be that good of a pitcher and you just, why do people put the ball on a tee for great hitters? I, I don't get it. You know, we, we, we talk a lot about, gr- we use the cliche a lot, great hitting, great pitching beats great hitting almost every time. And it most of the time it does. I mean, we've seen it all week. All you got to do is throw the ball low and away. Throw it low and away, throw it low and away, throw it low and away. Judge is not hitting it. But this cat throws the first pitch right over the middle of the plate, puts it on a tee for him. Um, it's amazing how many pitchers do that is, is point number one. Point number two is it's also amazing how 
and I'm sure he misses some. Everybody misses some. But the difference between the great hitters and the pretty good hitters is when pitchers put the ball on the tee, the great hitters make them pay for it a high percentage at a time. The mediocre hitters or the struggling hitters foul it back. They hit a foul ball. I mean, how many times you got a runner on third, less than two outs, the first pitch is over the plate, and your guy fouls it back. Oh, I just crumble when I see that. And then they might foul the next one, and then they swing at a ball out the zone, and they strike out. The, the, while it while it is puzzling on one hand, how many above average major league pitchers put the ball on the tee to a great hitter, you know, doesn't seem like a good plan. Why do that? But it's also you have to give the great hitters and the re- slash the really hot hitters when the pitcher does put the ball on the tee for them, they don't foul hit a foul ball. They crush it. So you got to give him credit for that. But really, it's really not that hard to pitch Aaron Judge. It's really not. It's really, I mean, they, some a lot, so many teams make it way more difficult than it really is. Just throw it low and away. Throw it low and away. Throw it low and away. And if you walk them, you walk them. That ain't Dan. Very you, you you won't lose to the Yankees very often walking Aaron Judge. All right, so that was made. That point was made. Anyway, Benintendi went 0 for 4. There's some talk out there that Benintendi is too soft to play in New York. It's one game. I'm not going to say that yet, but I have heard that theory. For someone who doesn't pull for the Yankees, I hope that's true. For someone on one half, the other half of me, I Andrew Benintendi's on my fantasy team, so I kind of do want him to do good. So I'm kind of caught in the pickle there. Um, um, NFL, we have not spoken about this Kyler Murray fiasco on this show. I I, I don't I don't quite get how. How do major professional franchises botch things this badly? I mean, how do you do that? I I just. Is it even, is it really possible that Kyler Murray does not put in four hours of film study a week? And let's say. I don't understand this. Let's say he puts in 10. I have no idea. I'm just throwing out numbers here. Let's say the normal veteran NFL quarterback does like 30 or 40 hours a week of of film study. Let's just say. I'm just throwing out numbers. And and they're a little disappointed because Kyler Murray only does 10 hours. Why would you put four? Like, four is such a low number 
even if he put in four hours of film study, that wouldn't be enough. So even if you want to put this in the contract, I can't understand why you would make it such a low number if you wanted to if you wanted to create all this controversy, could you be so stupid as to think it wouldn't create controversy? Is that it? You hope that's not it. Can you be that clueless? But let's say they're not that clueless, and this was an important issue for them. Why would you make it such a low number? Four hours? That's nothing. I I, I just, I don't get it. I, that, that whole situation, complete <coughs> clown show stuff there. Now, I guess they can get past this. You know what gets them past this? Winning. Now, I did hear someone say this morning, could be true, that, one thing, even though it's embarrassing, even though it's a you know it's silly that that it, this has taken place so publicly, the result of it might end up very likely could end up being exactly what the Cardinals want. That whatever the number is, and again, this number of four is just silliness. But whatever the number actually is, and whatever the number they actually wanted to be, very possible that Kyler Murray. Will spend more time studying film this year than he ever has in his life. Whatever that number is, it will be more than he ever has in his life. So the end result of this might actually be good and beneficial to the Cardinals and to Colin Murray. But man, I, I just that that whole scenario just it does it doesn't make any sense to me. If you want to put it in there. Okay, I guess, but the number can't be four. It needs to be like 20. <laughs> I mean, I just, what does four do? <clears throat> it creates a controversy, and if he only did four or five hours, he would still be way behind compared to other quarterbacks. It, it, it makes no sense. doesn't make any sense at all. makes about as much sense as Alex Bregman hitting 183 against left-handed pitching this year. 183. 183. And yes, even worse of all this, they 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 create they did this controversy and then they took it out of the contract once they got backlash. It's just just remarkable. Just remarkable how inept of a scenario that was. All right. We'll take a time, our final time out of the first hour. Come back, finish out our number one on this glorious Friday on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Want to remind you about the Game Clubhouse. If you join the Game Clubhouse, you could win all kind of great prizes, including a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse, $25 to 
Mabel's Kitchen, or a $50 gift certificate to have Shell Oyster House. All you have to do, it's simple, it's free. Go to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. Join the Game Clubhouse. You will then become eligible to win all kinds of great prizes. All right. We're going to shift gears. I mean, look, anybody has any thoughts about the trade deadline or Major League Baseball or can give me an explanation how all of the sudden, out of the blue, Alex Bregman can no longer hit left-handed pitching, certainly feel free to call and discuss those subjects. But we will be talking some NFL football in the next segment. A lot of interesting things to discuss going around the league. But um, the Astros will be playing tonight against the Mariners game two. Only three games left with the Mariners all season long. And the Astros now own a 10-6 to lead in the season series, which means they, even if the Mariners win these last three, the Astros will once again win the season series against the Mariners. Of course, it's been a lot more competitive this year than it has been most years over the last 10 or so. So we'll see how uh, it happens tonight with Verlander, but the Astros will go for hopefully win number 11 against the Mariners this season tonight. Maybe they'll score some runs. Left-handed pitcher is pitching in Robbie Ray, the reigning Cy Young Award winner. But he has a history. His ERA is over five lifetime against the Astros. And the Astros lit him up last weekend, too. So it'll be interesting to see if he fights back and makes adjustments there. That'll do it for the first hour, another hour to follow on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041. Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. You can watch us on the Simulcast Stadium 32.3 or on 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline, 706-0111. Like most Mondays and Friday, we've had a heavy, heavy interview week. On this show, what spending two days at the Sunbelt Conference Media Days and talked to Koki yesterday. So, uh, as most Mondays and Fridays, two hours open phone lines looking at coming out of a weekend and in this case going into a weekend. So, if you would like to get in, the number is 706 0111. 706 0111. All right. It kind of happened. I think it happened on Tuesday, first day we were in New Orleans. So we didn't really talk much about it, mentioned it, but that was it. The Saints signing running back, veteran running back, Malcolm Brown. Brown is 5'11", about 220-something, um, out of Texas. My problem, I mean, again, like I said, when I did make one brief comment about it while we were in New Orleans, he fits the description in that he was a is is that he is a veteran running back. 
It's not his first rodeo. He's been, um, you know, he's most of his career was with the Rams. He was he started he started he was a rookie in the NFL in 2015. You know, so he's been around for seven, six seven years. Um, the thing I don't like about him doesn't mean he can't do the job that I want him to do. But the reason why I wouldn't be as excited about him as some of these other running backs is that he's never really been – he's had a few games here and there, but he's never really been, like, the guy to kind of carry a load for even, like, half a season or something. Like, his best season – and this isn't a, a, a total negative. His best season was two years ago in 2020. In 2020, he had his best rushing season – 419 yards and five touchdowns. Average over four yards a carry. He also had his best receiving year that year with 23 catches for 162 yards. So basically what he did that year is he had more opportunities. You know, most of the time, you know, they've had, while he was there, different kind of lead runners, and he was just never that lead runner. Because of injuries in 2020, he had a few more opportunities. So he put together his best overall season in 2020 for the Rams, which is what probably led to the Dolphins saying, well, maybe he can help us out, and that's why they signed him. So I wish he had a few more stretches in his career where Malcolm Brown was kind of like the the number one guy, not for an entire season necessarily, but – for bigger chunks here and there in a season. Doesn't mean he can't do it. Just doesn't have as much of a track record as I would like along that front. But, uh, again, he's not small. He's over 220. You know, some pl- some places list him at 222, 225, whatever. I mean, it. He, he's about a, you know, 220-something uh, pound running back. So, not tiny. So, it's... um. Could work out. Quan Alexander. A lot of Saints fans have been te- been teased and teased and teased with the Quan Alexander still being out there. But that those days are over. Quan Alexander was signed by the Jets, which, if you think about it, is not all that shocking because Quan Alexander used to play for the Cheaters and Robert Salos, the head coach of the Jets, used to be the defensive coordinator for the Cheaters. So. Uh, you know, he, they're signing someone that there's some familiarity there, and we'll see how that plays out injury-wise. Um, but in one of the one of the names that have come out of early Saints camp, we had a discussion. Was it yesterday? I think it was about linebacker situation for the Saints because of Pete Werner. <clears throat> being on having some sort of off the field reason to be missing camp. But <clears throat> I don't know if it's COVID or what, who knows. But one of the names that has emerged through the first couple of days of camp is Eric Wilson. Great linebacker name, in my opinion. But Eric Wilson. Uh, was dr- was actually not drafted. He was an undrafted 
free agent signing of the Vikings in 2017. Played with the Vikings all 16 games from 17 through 20. And then last year he split times between the Eagles and the Texans. I say that because he he's not a rookie is what I'm saying. He's got a little – he's been around the league. Theoretically knows what he's doing. And ironically, same as Malcolm Brown, his best season was in 2020. In 2020 for the Vikings, he had 117 tackles and three sacks. Again, not saying he's a great player. I'm saying this is a guy who just two years ago had over 100 tackles and three sacks as an NFL linebacker for the Vikings. Might be someone to keep an eye on. Don't know, um, you know, last year, was it an injury situation? Why he went from spent with two teams? I don't know. But just two years ago, he had over 100 tackles and three sacks. So, Interesting to keep an eye on. Eric Wilson could be potentially an answer to the linebacker depth question that a lot of Saints fans or some Saints fans have have been a little concerned with. When you look at the Saints depth chart, we talked about that, that they're pretty deep at just about every position except for maybe linebacker. So maybe Eric Wilson could be uh, an answer to that. Well, something to keep an eye on for sure. Uh, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Kevin. Howdy, sir. I got. I just heard some news that uh, maybe it'll actually be, uh, hopefully, uh, a sign of uh, maybe the way things will go this year. It's it's maybe good news for us, but it's bad news for the uh, Buccaneers. Yeah, I was Tampa getting to that. Yeah. You heard that? Yeah, absolutely. Ryan Jensen, the Buccaneers center. Yeah. Uh, suffered an injury yesterday, and a lot of people believe he could be lost for the season. We'll see. Oh, I thought they said it was. This, they said they just. I thought they acted like it just happened or something. Like they said they carted him off, and they said they think it's a real serious knee injury. Right. I'm pretty sure it happened in practice yesterday. Okay. Yeah. Well, I didn't know if they were already practicing early or something because that's what the guy acted like. He's like, you just got some breaking news about Tampa Bay. So I figured I'd let you know. It'd be nice to let them have some. It was like a slew of injuries this year. Is that the first injury and in, of a teammate in Tom Brady's career? I don't know. It might be. Might be. Uh, have you heard? I was also wanted to ask you if you'd heard anything about the. Uh, and I know it's still early, so it probably doesn't even mean much. But not that much else as far as the Saints. If you've heard any more about the uh, that uh, that receiver, I guess he was an undrafted free agent, that one from Nichols that everybody uh, said I was mean, so, looked no, so phenomenal. I, I and then heard. that running back, the one from uh, – where did he go? Uh, Baylor. Baylor. No, yeah, I, I, I haven't heard much. To, I mean, it's only been two days at camp. But well, I, right. I haven't, I haven't heard any – anything in particular with them yet I you know I, I think Dixon is is really good I saw him in person and and he had over 200 yards receiving against the Cajuns but 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 I but I mean you know it's not it's not gonna it's not gonna be as easy to crack the the Saints wide receiving core that well you know, I know this year as last year. at a certain at a certain point it seems like they'd have to get rid of somebody uh 
you know, like Traquan or uh, I don't know. It seemed like he's a perfect candidate unless he just overwhelms them to be on the practice squad. That would be my best guess. But we'll see. We'll see how he plays in the in the preseason games. Because then I was uh, – uh, like right now, he would probably be what? Like number seven on the depth chart? Yeah, just – you know, who I mean, knows I know what they're thinking say, of Traquan. Considering he doesn't yeah. have any experience, yeah. I have a feeling they're going to try and keep him on the practice squad. But I just, I don't know. I, maybe I'm wrong on this, but the way people talk about him, I just feel like he might have the potential to develop into a better receiver than, you know, than most of what they, <laughs> he, what they he, have. He's got size. He's got three. size and hands, and he's got that hunger for the football. He's impressive, no question. I I'm looking forward to again. This is going to be a, a fun, uh, some fun games to watch in preseason this year, and he's one of the main reasons why. And then Monday, you know, we remember it's a big day. Big. I don't know if they're going to be able to do anything or something's going to really happen with Kamara with his court date. Right. Yeah, we'll wait and see on that. Wouldn't yeah. shock me. A lot of times, in court gates get pushed back. So. Oh, yeah. We'll but they, I know they've already pushed it back at least once. I don't know, you know, how much you can keep doing it. But It is maybe. Monday, the next scheduled one, so so we'll see. But, yeah, uh, thanks for bringing that up. Thanks for the call. All um, right. Have a good one. You know, I, it was, that was on my list of things to discuss. You know, you know, centers are important, especially for quarterbacks, especially really good centers. It's not like there's just a bunch of really good centers to go pick up, so – Certainly not good, and, um, you know, if somebody's got to have an injury in the NFC South, I'm just glad it's not the Saints for a change so far. Again, I, last two years, the bad, the amount of bad news that Saints fans have had to in just accept, it, it's just been unbelievable. So, um, you know, just coming at us left and right. So hopefully that um, we, we have a good – training camp with no bad news let's go back to the game hotline hello good morning good morning sir i kind of waited around for you to bring it up and you never did and and i saw i'm gonna have to call in and remind him about this what's happening this weekend and okay and and knowing you you probably know but you just don't want to admit it Okay, could you could be right? What, what, I, I'm not sure what you're One talking about. One of the greatest wrestlers of all time is having his last match forever this weekend. Oh, I have no idea on that. I, I gave up wrestling when I, it went porn it, in the I early '90s. It, I knew it, but but if it'd been the junkyard dog or somebody like that, you'd have been all over it. Okay, so who is it? It's the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, jet flying. Kiss stealing son of a gun. Woo! Ric Flair, baby. Never liked him. I know. I know. That's why I, I called I, I in. Ne- never why liked I called him. in. Why not? I just I, I, I never just did like never him. Never could understand why you didn't like him. I, I don't like the, the ones that everybody likes. Oh, I mean, so you, uh, so you want So you want to reserve yourself for somebody like Killer Carl Cox or. Oh, yeah. Dick Murdoch. <laughs> no, I, I did like Hacksaw Duggan. I much prefer Hacksaw Duggan to, to Ric Flair. Well, I'm sorry, but the man who is, what, 16-time world world heavyweight champion? Uh, Got to give the man some credit. I 
Well, look, anyway. When, when I, the, I heard about Harley Race for years. The first time I ever saw Harley Race, he came to Mid-South. I'm saying, I, I don't care about world champions. If that's a world champion, then I, you know, that, that, that stuff don't mean anything to me. <laughs> Harley Race was very unimpressive. Well, all I got to say for you to end this is, Y'all can y'all can y'all can do all the Ric Flair stuff y'all want. Y'all can have Ric Flair. Everybody loves that guy. Not a fan of him. Terry Funk was more impressive than Harley Race and Ric Flair for me. That's an ugly man, Ric Flair. Poo, that guy cat could have played for the could have played for the Celtics, Ric Flair. Not a Ric Flair guy at all. Never have been. But but a lot of people love him, you know, to Jeff's point. No, no, no question about that. But no, I had no idea about that. Trust me. No, 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 no idea whatsoever. <sighs> Ric Flair. We met him. We made our, one of our first trips to, um, to Cooperstown, thanks to our friend, Mr. Tom. Um, we, we saw him in the airport in Albany. New York and went up to him. I didn't go up to him, but someone in our party went up to him, asked him for an autograph. And of course he, he basically looked at him and said, please get out of my face. And, uh, no, you're not getting an autograph. The great Ric Flair. Oh boy. All right. We will take a time out, come back, discuss, few other NFL issues but no Ryan Jensen it's definitely something to keep an eye on put on your radar as far as uh the Buccaneers and the NFC South race and you know now I guess if I'm a Buccaneer fan my first thought is boy this is not good uh, my second thought is well at least it happened in July so we have time for someone to get used to but the chances of getting someone as good as him are not 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 good. Not a good chance of getting someone as good, for sure. All right, we will take a timeout, come back, get to some other NFL issues. Next on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. July 29, 1986. A New York jury rules that the NFL violated antitrust laws, but only awards the USFL $1 in damages. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to remind you Astro Giveaway 4, Saturday, August 27th. Astros versus the Orioles. You know, a year ago or two years ago or three years ago, playing. The Orioles would not have been a high-profile game, but this is starting to look like, I mean, the Orioles are hanging in there. They just keep winning series. Jordan Lyles last night, ex-Astro pitcher, 
pitched fabulous. And the Orioles beat and shut out the Rays three to nothing. Orioles are hanging in there in the AL wildcard race. If you would like to win four tickets to that game, tour Minute Maid Park and as well as hotel accommodations for that Saturday evening. All you need to do is join the game clubhouse and you will be eligible for Astro Weekend Getaway powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian, Houston Downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111-706-0111 if you would like to get in. A couple other NFL notes. We talked a little bit about some Saints issues, you know, the acquisition of Malcolm Brown. Again, I like it, don't love it, hope for the best. And we talked a little bit about a reserve linebacker, Eric Wilson, and how maybe he could – um, you know, some Saints fans were holding out hope that Quan Alexander was signed, but when we talked to Luke a couple of weeks ago, he pretty much said that's not going to happen, and and Luke was correct. Quan signed with the um with the New York Jets, which makes sense because he's going to play for a former defensive coordinator who's not a head coach of the Jets. Um. But there's, you know, there's some other news on on the NFL front. And before we get to that, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Morning, Foot. How's it going? Good morning. Uh, Foot, I called for a few reasons. Now, one, if I'm not mistaken, if memory serves me right, wasn't Murray the guy that when he was getting put a draft his draft year, they were talking about he had a study problem? Yeah, this is not the first time we've heard of this, yes. Yeah, because I remember people was trying to make it a race thing and when he was getting ready to get drafted and, you know, not everything's a race thing, but they had, they've been talking about this since that time. So, I mean, this shouldn't be brand new to no one about this. I guess people expected him to step his game up being in the NFL. So, I mean, I'm not surprised about this. I mean, I, I think a lot of things, what people say about some of these guys, from college comments in the NFL, I think they're pretty much correct. I think people just overlook the flag. Well, I think what's surprising is not that it could have been an issue. I think it confirmed some suspicions for some people. But just why would you make this public? I mean, it's just you're mm-hmm. just creating a lot of negative, you know, no. well, Right, but I mean I- – I mean, I mean, he did make some other things public, too, on Twitter and all the crap he was doing. You know, he the one started up making everything public. I saw last night, if I read that right, he took it out of his claws. Yeah, they took it out. Okay, I mean, that was stupid. Why do it did not do it? Yeah, so it, you, it's silly. So how do, you, how do you feel about this running back, Brown? Again, he's a veteran. He's been around since 2015 in the league, so he knows what he's doing. Uh, he's never had to beat a bell cow for a team for any more than a couple right. games, which is not good. But he's got size. Uh, you know, I, I don't – again, I like him. I don't love him, mm-hmm. but it might work. Okay, okay. Well, my, before I go, I, I want to ask you ask you two questions. For one, do you think your Astros is better than us? Um, not, not competed. Do you think you're better? Do I think we're better right now? Yes. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to be better after the all. We'll see what trades are made. 
uh, mm. come the trade deadline. I, I, it'd be better to ask me that uh, Wednesday morning after the trade deadline. I'll, I'll give you my opinion there. But as of okay. right now, I think so. Okay, you delusional, but okay. Uh, now I want to still go out with this one. Are are I mean, I don't know about you, but think about it. Aren't you glad you're not a Red Sox fan? I mean, they got problems. <laughs> oh, they got I some mean, issues, no question. Yes, they, they do. They already not in the playoffs. I mean, it, it, we got a lot of months left. Anything can happen. But really, I'm glad Martin came to this. Finally, got his his light bulb came on. I've been saying it forever. They trash, and they're making the playoffs. But they not. They they really have the playoff hunt. You know they got a, sl- I think a slim chance. To they get have back too in. many injuries. I, I don't think they can. I don't think they can protect their future and get back in the race with trades this year. I don't think they can do both. No. So I, and, I think they're in a bad and, spot. I agree. And let you know one thing about Red Sox fans. Have you ever noticed this? They like they they like little kids that is never told no. And when they get told no, all they do is whine and cry. That's that's what Red Sox fans is doing. So be glad you are not a Red Sox fan, but. And you can have a glorious weekend like a Yankee. Have a blessed weekend. All right. Take care. Take care. <laughs> you know, we'll see. You know, I. a lot of people think the Yankees are going to get Castillo from the Reds. Castillo has one of them crazy hairdos and all that. I I, I don't know that they're not, the Yankees not going to let him do all that. I don't know if he's going to want to go to the Yankees. Uh, and a relief pitcher if they do that. Again. Some people have suggested that they're going to go out and get Otani, who was outpitched yesterday by Spencer Howard. Who was Spencer Howard? That's my point. Um, Otani is not having the year offensively that he had last year. Of course, he's got no protection in that lineup. So if he went to the Yankees, it would not surprise me if his hitting got better, I mean, he's still not a bad hitter. He's still scary to face, but he's not having quite the year because he just got no protection in that lineup. Um, offensively, you know, the Astros have gotten him out at a pretty good clip this year. Um, but I, you know, that would be that would be whoa if you know if if they did that, of course. Whatever it takes to get Otani, could you, you know, would you still sign Judge? Is Judge leaving anyway in the offseason? You know, a lot of, lot of, lot of behind-the-scenes questions in those scenarios for sure. All right, let's go back to the game hotline and talk to Ryan. Hello. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Hey, uh, there's one good thing I heard about Malcolm Brown. He is an excellent blocker and blitz pickup guy. Aha! Uh-huh. So that that makes sense. Thing. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, I, I got a theory about Bregman. You watch a lot more Astros than I do. I watch a, a good bit, but not like you. Wasn't it when he first came up, Kevin? He used to go the other way a lot, and it seems like he's trying to pull everything now. Well, that's true. Yeah. And you know, a left-handed pitcher, and that ball starting a little bit more away from him. So, because I mean, he used to have pop to the to the oppo. And it's like he's not doing that anymore. And so that's my theory on It's on just alarming at how bad his numbers are against left-handed pitching right now. It's alarming. Hey, that's Twilight Zone stuff. Dude. Yeah, it's crazy. It's that bad. So let me ask you something. The, the Astros, they're going to make a move, right? Oh, I think. You're not, 
I think they're going to make the playoffs two with Jake moves. Myers. Well, Myers has got to go. Yeah. I mean, Kevin, he he doesn't even like. They've all figured it out. Like last night when they hit that that that. Oh yeah, he has block. no arm. Everybody moved up. Yes. Absolutely no. He they got to get a, they got to get a better defensive center fielder. I, I just I don't think he's tough enough. I, I don't I don't want I don't want that guy. I, he's got to go. Now I expect him to make at least two moves, but we'll see. And all the reports are that they're going to be aggressive. Now I'm assuming those reports, you know, come from some conversations with someone, you know, in the in the Astros front office. They tend to kind of leak that stuff out what they want right. people to believe. I don't know why they would want to smokescreen that, but. You know, every report is yes that um, that they're going to be aggressive and they need to. I mean, I I'd like a relief pitcher, but I really need a center fielder. And some people think they're gonna they're even going to get a catcher. Let me ask you this, and I, I'm glad you mentioned this because I, I was going to bring this up and I and I skipped over it. Wilson Contreras is the big catcher uh, for the Cubs and one of the prime guys that a lot of people are talking about. I just, like, they're talking, like, so say clubs have told Wilson Contreras, you might need to play another position, not catcher. And he was willing to do that. But would you want to get a catcher and try him in the outfield and experiment with him in the outfield? That sounds a little scary. Or experiment with him at first base. No part of that. I want no part of that. That sounds scary to me. But I do want another catcher, Kevin. I sure don't want Corey Lee on the, on the roster in the playoffs. Either. No, I don't want Corey Lee in the on the roster in the playoffs. I would like to get Murphy, but I don't know if the if the old Look, if the A's will do. Well, let's let's send Oda Rizzi, uh, the center fielder, and Corey Lee, and give us Murphy. I I I'd do it. I although on that although yesterday. although Corey Lee long term supposedly he's a plus defensive player, and if he comes around offensively at all, could be the future at the catcher position. But for now, no, for this year, I want no part of him in the playoffs. I agree with you. And if he's going to be a plus defensive catcher, he needs to uh, get a little better with the pass ball situation. Yeah, catch the ball, yes. catch. You know, catch the ball, dude. I agree. I mean, and look, last night, uh, the the Mariners catcher. Yep. He, I mean, what was he doing? You know, I mean, I, I don't know, man. Uh, and you know, it fascinates me. You talk about putting it on a tee for Judge. Watching watching Presley last night, Presley would not give in to them cats. No. I mean, he, he threw a couple of pitches that were, I mean, I don't know how they took them, but then he throws it almost in the dirt and they swing at it. So, Cat, if you want to swing at it, I'm going to keep throwing it in the dirt. I mean, it, it, it fascinates me. You're talking about that cat that, that has the most strikeouts. Right. Uh, I mean, he he took a couple of borderline pitches. I don't know how he took it. And then he goes and swings at the thing that's like in the dirt. off the ground. Yeah, incredible. Suarez, it yes. Is. That, it, it is. It was a fascinating at-bat. I agree with you. All right. Well, let's let's, let's just get a move. Let's get, get a center fielder. I mean, if Castro – I'll take Castro as a backup catcher, but is he coming back? And, 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 and yeah, is he coming back? And is, he's got to hit better than he did the first half. He's well, got yeah. To, and uh, any news on Brantley? No, and that's scary. But they have so to know. Team, I mean, Kevin, they, know, they have to know what Brantley's out, doing. So. I mean, uh, and look, if they know that Brantley's not coming back or it's not going to be the same, then they really have to pick up. They might have to pick up two bats. Two bats. 
two bats and a, and a relief pitcher, and I'll be very happy. We will see. I mean, it's you getting can't, close. You can't pass this situation up with the pitching you got this year. No. And with the with with McCullers coming back, if he's close to McCullers, I mean, Kevin, you've never had this kind of pitching. Yeah, you they have to go for it. You I, have to. I agree. I agree. Well, all right, my friend. Thanks for the call. To you. you too. No, they they've got to. They and I, I think they're gonna. I mean, they're 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 gonna make moves now. It may not be the moves that that we think or that the rumors are saying. We'll see. You know, early on you heard Ian Happ. Haven't heard from him about him lately. We heard about Gregory Soto. Hadn't. You know, we'll see. I wouldn't mind if they got Castillo. I just need a pitcher that can go seven or eight innings in a playoff game. All this other so. All this five-inning pitcher stuff drives me crazy. All right. We'll take a timeout. Come back. Talk more to you on this Friday morning, this glorious Friday after a day after an Astro victory on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers in the Houston Astros. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on The Game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Remember, Astros play game two of the final series this season against the Seattle Mariners tonight about 7-10 first pitch. You can hear that game right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Justin Verlander scheduled to start the game for the Astros against Robbie Ray, who is the reigning American League Cy Young Award winner but has a history of struggling against the Astros, so we'll see what happens in that game tonight. Also want to remind you, the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, would like for you to win a brand-new Apple Watch, and you do so by joining the new text club. To do so, you text GAME, G-A-M-E, to 283-8100. Text GAME to 283-8100. Zero zero that puts you eligible to win an Apple Watch as well as all kind of other great prizes like Astro tickets. The new Game Text Club. Find out more by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. Let's go back to the game hotline and talk to Jamie. Hello. Hey, Split this Martin. Hey, how you doing? Uh good. I can see my buddy Paul ain't taking his delusional medicine again. I'm, I guess I'm going to have to remind him every day to take it. Because uh, which, 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 who's been crying since the Astros won the World Series? The Yankees fans. That's the only ones that cry. You know, I think he needs to, I don't think he has mirrors in, in his house. Because he needs to look in the mirror. He's the one that's crying that the, that the Astros um to win World Series just because they were told no and y'all ain't winning the World Series that year and then he's crying and they've been crying ever since. 
You know what I'm saying? No, now, I, no. We've already established that Paul is delusional. We've already established. Oh, that. he's yeah. he's extremely delusional. Just like people that don't think that Sean Payton's going to the Dallas Cowboys. That's delusional. Oh. I mean, that's his home. He's going to the Cowboys, but that's another story for another day. Now, they did a little poll question this morning with Blaine Vietor and Hannah Fodney. Who would you say got the most uh, annoying group of uh, fanship in in all the sports? Who would your answer be? I don't. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to think about that a little bit. I, uh, probably Alabama football fans. Oh, uh-huh, okay, okay. You wouldn't say the Yankees. Well, the Yankees would be up there, no question. Oh, no, they would be up there. They'd be top ten, but I I would think probably Alabama football fans. Okay. Uh, Now, uh, there's one thing, one more thing I wanted to to mention. I forgot what it was, but anyway. uh, But, yeah, he needs to start taking his matters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to answer that question that he asked you. The Astros are better than the Yankees, and that's going to be proven when when the playoffs start. So, I mean, I know you didn't want to answer the question uh, right now, but the Astros are better than the Yankees. I've been saying that all all season long, and the the record um, that they have against the Yankees just proves the point right there. So he answered his own question, and have a have a very blessed weekend, foot, and go Red you, Sox. You, you too, sir. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hello. Hey, how you doing, Mr. Foot? Good, sir. How are you? I'm doing all right. Look, I tell you what, Martin sure does talk a lot of mess for somebody whose team is doing worse than my Florida Marlins. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, man. No, I, I, I hate the Yankees too, but uh, whoo, that dude has a whole other level of hate. Yes. Love you, Martin. Hope you're doing well, man. Uh, look, I, I, I just wanted to run this by you. You know, we're after we're we're past the All Star break and. You know, we're seeing, we're starting to see what teams are what, and man, I can't, I couldn't imagine the Reds doing as well as they've done. I mean, not that they're doing great, but doing as well as they've done, considering how they start the season. And uh, you know, then you see the the Mariners coming back. But I was just wondering if you had to pick right here, right now, what two teams would you see going to the World Series? Like for me personally, I would say, you know probably the Braves and Astros again. But I just wanted to, to see what you thought, because as, as good as the Mets have been, Braves are starting to catch up, and they're starting to hit their stride. And, uh, you know, there's some good teams coming in with the AL, too. So uh, I just kind of want to run that by you, see what you had to say. All right. Thanks for the call, sir. I appreciate it. Again, appreciate it. thank you. Kind of like Paul, I would. I, I think it would be better – Ask me that question on Wednesday after the trade deadline so we know what everyone has done. I I get his point about the Braves. Still not totally sold on the relief pitch in there. Um, I, as good as the Dodgers are, I'm not sold on their relief pitching. So if the Dodgers don't help themselves between now and the trade deadline on Tuesday – in terms of relief pitching, I'm not sold on on their relief pitching. I think the Mets, again, we have no idea what DeGrom's going to do. If they get anything out of DeGrom and they can help and, and they can solidify their bullpen, 
I think the Mets are are set up for postseason success if they can get them if they can get to the postseason. If they can get one more, I, I, I'm not totally sold on their on their setup guys. Obviously, Diaz is having a fabulous year as a closer. They need another bat. If the Mets can get another bat and can get a setup guy, I kind of like them. If not, you're looking at the Dodgers or the Braves. And and I think with the Dodgers and the Braves, it's just a matter of which one can do the best job of solidifying their bullpen. Because I've never been a Kenley Jansen guy. Not a Kimbrell guy. They, they they need they both need help in the back end of the bullpen, in my opinion. Uh, sleep, I don't know. You know, are the Brewers not going to go get a bat? Like, they need bats. They need to score runs. You know, the Brewers have been – they keep making all these playoff runs and winning divisions, but they never have a good enough offense to do anything about it. Um. The bull, they have bullpen. They just don't ever score any runs. So I, I, you know, the Brewers were my preseason pick. I'd like to pick them, but they have to pick some bats. And I just don't know if they. I don't even know if the Brewers believe they could beat the Mets or the Dodgers or the Braves if they played in the postseason. I don't know if they believe that they can, even though they should have the bullpen to do it. They just can't ever score any runs at all. You know, um, I understand why everyone is saying Yankees, Astros, or, you know, that's it. It's all the Yankees or the Astros. Uh, It seems that way. And And right now, like I told Paul, I would say Astros. But if the Braves, I mean, if the Yankees do a lot more at the trade deadline than the Astros end up doing, then, you know, I would change my mind. So, Right now, I might say, you know, I might kind of agree with, 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 with although it, it, I don't think the Braves are going to the world. Right now, it's looking like Dodgers, Astros, Mets, maybe if they can help themselves. But the Mets, as they currently stand, I don't think can get to the World Series. They got to help themselves at the trade deadline. But we'll see. Let, let, let's... To give a better answer, let's postpone it till, till Wednesday. Let's see what happens at the trade deadline and who does what, and we'll see where, where all these teams stand. Uh, Astros got to help them. I say Astros, but I don't know that the Astros would get there at the current. They, I don't know that they can – they got to get a center field. Can, I do not want to try to make the World Series and win the World Series with Jake Myers in center field. Got to get some bats. They're not scoring enough runs either right now. So we got some teams that are on a short list to consider to answer that question, but they all have issues. They all have needs, and they got, and we'll see how they fulfill them. So we'll answer that question better on, on Wednesday, I think. Let's take a timeout. And, you know, he, he kind of caught me off guard with that question because I don't even think about that right now, right now. Uh, you know, gotta. I'm not thinking about, I'm thinking about World Series, but you got to make trades before you can get to that point. I'm just, I'm just know one thing. I'm glad the Oakland A's aren't going to make the playoffs. We'll take a timeout. Come back. Finish out today's show next on the game. One hundred three seven Lafayette, one hundred four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home 
for the LSU Tigers in the Houston Astros. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Want to remind you to join the game clubhouse. If you do so, you could win a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse, a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House, or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. You can't win any of these great prizes unless you join the game clubhouse. So do so today by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. All right. Someone asked earlier the most annoying fan base, and I said Alabama football fans. I um, Hannah wants me to say give Major League Baseball and, and NFL answers. Kind of depends on where I am. Currently – uh, in this era that this most recent era in the NFL, well, the real answer to my que- the, the question is all the QWs. I mean, the the most annoying football fans for me and and, and are the QWs. They just absolutely drive me crazy. The other answer is the ring fans. Oh, it's all about rings. Those are the n- real. Those are the ones that really annoy me the most. But in terms of just teams, um, I would say in in this era, uh, most recently Patriot fans are way too elitist. Um, uh, they 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 they're very very annoying. Overall, my whole life, see, I I kind of supported the Cowboys for a lot of my life until they got Stalin as the coach. But once I became once I ne- just don't pull for them ever anymore, uh, I-, I see why a lot of people say. So I'd say overall might have to be Cowboy fans, but in the last two decades, um, it would be Patriot fans. Cowboys, um, Cowboy fans are more like Alabama fans. They just don't have the winning to go behind it. Uh, on in on Major League Baseball. See, my my my, and getting back to the NFL, my most hated team is the Cheaters. But I'm not really around a lot of Cheater fans, so I I, I don't know that I could say their fans annoy me as much as their team did, just because I'm not around them a lot. MLB, it's the punks right now. I mean, it just is. Now, it would the it would be the Yan- you know overall in my life, probably be the Yankees because there's a whole lot more Yankee fans down here than punk fans, but uh, right now it would be the punks. No no, no, no question about it. But overall in my life, I would say it would be the Yankees. So it would be one of those two. Um, c- currently, I would say punks. But, uh, again, a lot of that is cyclical. Man, we'll see what happens this weekend. Hopefully the Astros can win at least one more. At least one more. If you win two more, then it'll become a glorious Monday morning. We'll see how all that plays out. Y'all have a nice and safe weekend.